Hey everyone, just popping in here. I was recently nominated for an AVN award um, for favorite adult podcast, and I'd really appreciate your vote. So if you can go to avn.com slash awards slash voting, you can cast your vote up to once per day up until January 7th. I'd really appreciate your support and thank you so much for all the support along the way. Thanks. Are you a sex worker looking to build a new website or a website redesign? Then you'll want to consider Fox Digital. They did a fantastic job designing my website, Stripped by Sia. If you want your website done, mention that you're a listener of the show at foxdigital.design for 20% off. Tell them I sent you. Welcome back to another episode of Stripped by Sia, your podcast for strippers, sex workers, and all the fancy naked people in between. I am your host, Steph Sia, aka Kimchi on stage. Um, I guess by the time this is released, it should be January 1st, so Happy New Year. You're still with me. That's really cool. (laughs) This show has been going on for the past uh, three years and a little bit, so if you are brand new here, hello and welcome. Um, The show is all about the destigmatization of sex work and I do that by bringing on different guests every single week whether they're adult talent or they're people behind the scenes directors producers nonprofit organizations people that are sex workers uh, like basically sex work aligned and sex work positive um, I really try to bring different guests on to kind of provide a, a transparent approach to understanding um, our lives, our profession, our jobs, um, our livelihood. So yeah, I've been doing that for the past three years and a bit. Um, I myself am a stripper. I'm a dancer. Um, I'm also a digital content creator as well. And I was a former sugar baby for a number of years. That's just a little bit about me. If you want to find out more about me, there are some bonus episodes um, back in like season one if you're really interested. But I'm actually more interested in the different guests that we bring on to the show. But before we get started there, I just wanted to shout out uh, to all the lovely Patreon subscribers that again, and I've been thanking you forever, but thank you so much for your your financial support. Um, My website is finally up. It only took, you know, like a really long time, but we are here as promised. It's been a month since the website launched and that is strippedbysia.com. You can find all the information on all the episodes, all my past guests um, from seasons one to five. And um, check out the amazing design, which is done by my wonderful sponsor, Fox Digital. Um, be sure to check him out. It's foxdigital.design. Um, if you are looking for a new website to be made, um, you are you can get like 20% off, which is really amazing. Um, so be sure to check them out, foxdigital.design. Um, going back to my Patreon subscribers, did not even like fully get into that but I just want to specifically say thank you to some people that are on the top tier as well as a second tier um you all get 
fan recognition shout outs on the show. So just going to quickly go, go down the, the, the list here. Um, we have Ted McGuire and Selena Money, which are the newest subscribers. Thank you so much. Um, we also have Arup Sarkar. Um, we also have Jay Sunsern, who is local here to Canada. We also have Justin Erickson, who's down below in the USA, and Snoo Snoo, who is subscribing all the way from Germany. Once again, thank you so much for your support. Um, your funds are amazing since I've been doing the show for free for so many years. People are like, where can I donate money to? That's where you can financially subscribe over there. It's patreon.com slash stripped by Sia. And lastly, uh, I just want to say thank you and shout out to Skyhawk After Dark TV, which is a network of adult uh, videocasts and podcasts just like mine that you can go ahead and check out. It is awesome. We've got a lot of people that I've brought on the show there. They have their own shows too, so be sure to check it out, skyhawkafterdark.com. Sorry, skyhawkafterdarktv.com. <laughs> It is racing the morning for me on my day off, so I apologize. Um, and speaking of apologies, I just want to address something too um, in the episode 145 with uh, Fox Digital, actually, about website design. I did have someone write in um, saying that they were offended by some of the things that Anthony said in terms of like um, pushing down other people to amplify your own work and I just want to come out here and 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 take responsibility too if, if I ever like egged him on maybe I did too because I also didn't agree with that design but maybe I shouldn't have said that on a public forum but I also don't support any kind of punching down um kind of concepts or anything or perspectives like that so that's not something I want to encourage that's not something that like my values are built upon so I just want to come out come out here and say I am sorry um that is really not cool of me I, I really don't want to be doing that at all so please call me out if I'm ever doing something wrong if a guest is problematic um as well um I also just want to be as accountable as possible and, you know, own up to my own mistakes too, because I'm also not perfect, but also I'm still learning. So um, just want to put that out there. But anyways, it's been five minutes now of me rambling on, um, which is much, much, much too long. And I'm sure you're all curious and excited to um, hear what my guest this week has to say. And if you're not familiar, I am bringing on Miss Gemma Rose onto the on the onto the poll onto the podcast today. <laughs> we are going to be talking about all things poll today. However, um, if you are not familiar with who Gemma Rose is, she is a stripper based in the UK. Um, she's also an amazing pole dance instructor, content creator, meme creator, all over like educator um, in the pole dance area and stripper movement. So, and speaking of stripper movement, she is also creating a stripper friendly and for and run and buy for sex workers in the UK called the pole dance stripper movement, which we'll also talk about today, which I'm super stoked about. Welcome to the show, Gemma Rose. Hi, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you for the introduction as well. It was fantastic. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> you just like come around with me and, you know, when people ask who I am, I'm just like, ask her, she knows. <laughs> Everyone needs a hype woman or hype man. <laughs> <Great>. <laughs> 
Well, I'm super stoked to have you on. I've been a follower of your work on Instagram for a while now. And it, it says a lot because I actually don't really follow a lot of strippers. Or sorry, that's wrong. I don't follow a lot of pole dancers <laughs> much anymore. Um, but I really like the content that you're pumping out there. It's really um, educational, really informative. And, and just I feel like everyone, whether you are a pole dancer, whether you're a stripper, whether you're just in sex work, whatever it is, you have great nuggets of wisdom that is out there. So um, I'm super stoked that you decided to come on the show because you're doing so many amazing things. But before we kind of get into kind of all of it, um, I want to flip it back to you in terms of like doing your own introduction, um, introducing yourself to the audience and defining who you are in your own words and terms. Oh, I I think you summed it up beautifully. Um, So yeah, pole dance instructor, stripper, OnlyFans content creator, um, very big into my activism work over here in the UK, really trying to fight for change in, um, you know, destigmatizing sex work in society and fighting for better laws, policies, and just changes um, in the UK, especially over here at the minute, um, there's a big push to shut down strip clubs. So I'm very much a part of that movement to stop that from happening and uh, be like, no, we want our um, safe legal working spaces. Thank you very much. Um, so yeah, and as you were alluding to, the PDSM. Um, brand that I've created and in with that starting my first event next year in well actually I say next year no (laughs) it's the new year now so in like 20 days time um, (laughs) kind of mass event which is the PDSM competition which is incredibly exciting and I think it could really revolutionize um not only the UK industry, but actually just the pole industry as as a whole and hopefully bridge that gap between strippers and um, civilian pole dancers a little bit more. Um, so yeah, I, I think I think that's kind of all you need to know, but <laughs> <laughs> which is huge. And we'll definitely get into the details of everything that you do. Um, Gosh, like I, I'm just so stoked to have you on the show today. <laughs> but like, where did this all start for you? Like, where, how did you get involved in sex work? How did you start stripping? If that was your entry into it, um, feel free to go off. Yeah, um, so I was a pole dancer before I was a stripper. Um, I think more and more that's kind of happening um, in the industry. Um, so yeah, I, I started pole dancing, um, and then I went to university, started to pole dance where I go to uni and I was working in McDonald's at the time as a cleaner, not the most glamorous of jobs, but nor is stripping. So. <laughs> Very true. Very true. Bodily <laughs> fluids all round, you know, um, in whichever job I was in. Um, but um, yeah, so I was working at McDonald's as a cleaner in, you know, um, a minimum wage job. And it was actually my mum that said, hey, Gemma you're gorgeous and you're a pole dancer why don't you become a stripper and your course, mom. my mom yes 
<laughs> and of course, both of us not knowing anything really about the industry, both of us thought we'd be really, pre- I'd be really pretty on stage on a pole, swinging around, using my pole skills. I was really clearly good at, at that age. <laughs> Well, I've been doing pole like maybe a couple of years at that point. Um, both of us were very naive to the industry, but I'm quite lucky that um, I loved the job for what it was. Um, you know, the lap dancing and the selling um, and figuring out that the stage really doesn't have anything to do with it, especially here in the UK. Like you don't make any money out off of stage sets. It's just an exploitative device um, from the club. Um, so yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I was uh, a student working at McDonald's and thought, yeah, maybe this is a better road for me. Um, and then while I was at uni, I was stripping. I did my pole dance instructor qualifications started my OnlyFans and um, that kind of rendered my degree somewhat obsolete because I thought, actually, I want to do this rather than sitting in an office <laughs> to five translating French texts because I was um, a language major. Oh. So, um, yeah. So, um, yeah, I graduated two years ago um, and I've been doing uh, conducting sex work for five years now. So... Amazing. Yeah, that's my um, that's my origin story. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Definitely not one you hear every day. Like when, <laughs> when you get encouraged. Oh, my mom suggested it. <laughs> it's, it's great. Fun. It's fantastic. It's definitely like if I if I had my time again and I was your age, I would absolutely be doing it. Um, <laughs> like she has performed at some of my um, some of my pole showcases, and she's done a burlesque routine, that's and amazing. she's got. You know, got the girls out and stuff so, uh, <laughs> yeah no she she's great she's a very cool mom <laughs> that's really cool oh my gosh I wish we all had moms like that <laughs> right no I'm very very lucky <laughs> <laughs> well that's really cool I mean and thank you for kind of like basing the foundation off of that too like 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 yourself I, I started stripping um basically after I was a pole, like after I started pole dancing and stuff too. But I mean, it kind of goes hand in hand and we can kind of talk about that too. And we go into like the relationships between civilian pole dancers and, and strippers too. But um, I'd love to kind of hear like a really brief rundown on like what stripping is like in the UK as well. It's been a long time since I had people on from the UK. Like last time was like, season was it one or two talking about season one talking about stripping in Ireland um so yeah and like season one again with like one of our old um one of my colleagues also used to dance in the UK many many years ago I think probably like two decades ago or something so I'm sure it, it might be a little bit different now but love to hear what the landscape is like like now as well yeah, um, so it's it's interesting as well because I've recently got back from the States um, and I stripped a little bit while I was out there and just like the difference between there and here is, oh my God, it is astronomical. <laughs> um, so kind of making some assumptions based on that experience too. Um, 
and kind of comparing that with how the UK is. So it's all private dances here, all lap dances. Like I said, you don't make money on stage. I can count on one hand the amount of times I've made money on stage in the UK. It just doesn't happen. Um, we are we're a very tight culture here in terms of money. <laughs> we are very generous. Um, we don't tip. It's not really a thing that we do. Right. Um, and especially because our, our lowest denomination is five pounds people aren't exactly going to be making that rain anyway on stage. Right. Um, I think the approach is really different to strippers and sex work over here. So customers coming in, um, it's almost like they don't really want to know that it's your job. I know that sounds really strange, but it's like buy into the fantasy so hard that, um, they want to get to know the real you and who you really are. Oh, um, yeah. I know we all get that wherever you are to some degree. Um, but it, like when you try and talk to customers about what what the, what they, what you think that that we're doing here, they they think that we're paid to be there, which we are not salaried. Um, it's like no, like you're actually wasting my time and <laughs> yes. paid right now. Um, yeah, I think that it's, you know, especially post COVID, the market has just got a lot more difficult over here. Um, that's probably a global thing as well, to be fair. Oh, yeah. I don't want to generalize, but, um, yeah, like in the UK, just we're getting less and less customers coming in, less people spending decent money, um and more and more dancers are joining the industry every night um and it's so oversaturated it's unreal um and the clubs are really using the cost of living crisis and um this kind of um diminishing pool of customers to really exploit us even even more than they ever did um you know, they're putting house fees up, they're putting commission up, they're overbooking dancers more and more and more. Um, so it's this is like a really hard profession in the UK at the minute to be in. Very, very difficult. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, and considering, yeah, the cost of living crisis for sure, which is happening globally too. But I also think there's like a gas crisis as well. Um, yeah, with the whole Russia thing too and like a lot of people don't even have heat anymore and it's just it's awful like to hear about that so 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 many different layers there um yeah, pick of- out of that what you want yeah. <laughs> <laughs> out of that rat's nest of mess that i've just blurted at you <laughs> but the, it's all truth though too and like we are going to get into later on the episode too in terms of like you know why you actually don't really recommend <laughs> stripping to most people and um, I would love to hear those points too um, later on once we get into that so hold that thought um, but I would really love to hear more about PDSM which is so clever <laughs> thank you <laughs> it's a great name isn't it <laughs> amazing I felt like this so cheeky cheeky and fun but but do tell us about this competition that like at the time of this episode being released it's just going to be in a couple weeks um we'd love to hear more about it um so 
just about PDSM in general and why I created that, because the competition is an offshoot of PDSM, I guess. PDSM is going to be many things in the coming years and the competition's like the first thing that I'm doing with it. Um, so kind of, you know, I, it really, um, it really frustrates me to see this gap that we have in the pole industry between civilian pole dancers and strippers and, you know, for God's sake, still seeing this bloody narrative of pole dance comes from Malakam and Indian <laughs> pole and Chinese pole. And I'm just like, I know. how many times do we need to bang our heads against the wall to get the message through that the roots of pole dancing comes from us? <laughs> um, <laughs> It just, it really frustrates me to see the same narratives, the same false narratives being projected out there. It frustrates me that othering is still such a big thing in the pole industry. Oh my God, um, yes. <laughs> dancers still really discriminating sex workers and strippers, even though you wouldn't have any of this without us. Oh um, gosh, yes, so much of that. When are we a part of the conversation? When are we driving change in the industry that people want to listen to? Um, you know, why do you get to wear our heels but not promote our rights? It just mm-hmm. massively, especially in the UK with strip clubs being shut down left, right and centre. Yet you can just have a nice time on a pole in your studio, take your class and fuck off and then never think twice about what's happening to the people that gifted you this wonderful thing. Yes. Um, and yeah, annoys me. And I think well, like, you know, there are so many people in the pole industry who are fantastic allies. I'm not um, diminishing their role in, um, you know, um, supporting our rights right. at all. But we need more of those people. Mm-hmm. You know, the whole industry should be um, indebted is the wrong word. That's not what I'm looking for, but um, grateful and wanting to help us and give something back, you know. Um, So PDSM represents all of those things. (laughs) Yes. Okay. Yeah. There's a lot there. Let's just un. Yeah, let's dissect that a little bit too, especially for those who are listening who don't know or who are not really familiar with, um, especially like the strip industry and and hobby pole dancers. Um, it's there is a really distinct divide between the two groups, and I would definitely say they are very very separate groups um, with a really small percentage of us, Gemma, like you and I, who are both strippers and who are both like pole dance instructors as well. And it's been really coming to a head over the past like few years. I I know I have done a few episodes on this back in season two um, with like Jordan Kensley and Madame Novocaine on those episodes talking about this very topic. But the fact that I recorded that like two years ago and that we're still having this conversation is so awful. Yeah. Yeah, so like it's it's hard. Like I remember myself feeling like I'm part of both of those worlds and it feeling very isolating um because I can I like I, I'm definitely 
angry um, at some hobby pole dancers or in some studios who just refuse to understand and acknowledge um, where pole dancing, the sport, was um, born from. And it was just really, really frustrating to to hear this constant like erasure of voices um, and denial, straight up denial for certain studios, like not even offering any heels classes, not even offering any acknowledgement of like the sensual basis and origin that it came from. But yeah, talk talk to us about this interesting relationship because like it's it's really, really difficult to sometimes swallow, especially because like both of us were born out of the pole dancing sport side of things and then became strippers too. But I'd love to hear your thoughts <laughs> on this whole thing. <laughs> I, 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 I'm totally um, on the same wavelength as you. And I think it's just exhausting to be having these same conversations again and again and people not listening um, and just the sheer lack of education around the subject as well and it you know it does not help with how censored sex workers are especially on, on in an online sense and it makes that makes it all the harder to get the truth out um and I think it's interesting as well like because you know you're a pole dance instructor as well and you know when you get it's especially um beginners that come to the class and um, I think I just have to remind myself they don't know any better. I'm here to educate them. <laughs> yeah. And uh, <laughs> just like taking a breath and having that patience um, with people and coming from a place of understanding because I was there once. Like um, when I first started pole dancing, I was anti-stripper. I was anti-sex worker. My studio very much was homophobic um, and... Like, I need to appreciate where I have come from and how I have grown. And now it's my responsibility to pass on the same education that I received as well. I have to always remind myself of that because I need to think, look where you were and look where you are now. And people are capable of changing and listening and opening their hearts out Um Obviously, not everybody is going to have um, an open mindset like that. But, um, you know, I always try and approach it from a place of understanding when I get um, students come into my class and um, maybe they're a bit unsure about the link between pole dance and stripping or I thought it was a sport and I'm here for fitness and da da da. And oh, or like, oh, I could become a stripper now. Yeah. To really take a deep breath and <laughs> gently explain to them why what they're saying might be problematic and you know actually here's the real reason or here's why um we should change the conversation and talk about these things in a different kind of way and that's so much a part of my classes other than just teaching the pole moves you know you go to most studios and you learn your moves, you learn your tricks, you learn your choreography, but rarely studios or instructors talk to you about the link between pole dance and stripping. And I think 
that is such an important part of a pole dance student's education. Yes. It's essential. It is essential. So anybody coming into my class, you are going to be having an activism lesson as well as a pole dance, trick, spin, whatever lesson. And I love it because, you know, my babies that have been with me and have grown up and, you know, they're in my different levels now and they're all so with it and they're allies and it's wonderful. And I think, you know, maybe if we hadn't have had those conversations, they wouldn't be fighting for us now or not in the same way. Um, So, yeah, it's just having that patience sometimes because we've been having these conversations for years now <laughs> so long I mean freaking someone like Jordan Kensley I think we had a conversation she's been she's been saying the same shit for like a decade, a decade. <laughs> babe oh my god how do you not want to punch everybody's teeth out um <laughs> especially as well with the job that we do with stripping our patience is so limited as it is with the kinds of customers that we deal with um so Oh my gosh. Um, I wasn't the most patient person before this job or before these conversations, but my God, I've had to grow some. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I like where you're going there, like in terms of like really focusing on the educational piece of it, which is also how I look at it as well. Um, I think it's because when I hear comments like, oh yeah, like maybe you'll just go to amateur night and do this and become a stripper and blah, 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 like comments like that. That's where like I stop that conversation as well because if you're ever in my classes and I know a lot of my students are listening as well, you'll know everyone in the studio knows I'm a stripper. Everyone knows about the podcast. They just – Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) And that's because – especially because I am instructor of quote-unquote exotic dance – I really do feel like there's a responsibility to tell people where this is coming from and to educate them on the history of where the style of dance comes from and where it originates. And I'm curious, I want to throw a question back at you because like we obviously do that in our own classes, but do you think the responsibility lies on the studio itself or do you think it relies on the individual, a little bit of both or... Yeah, probably a bit of both. Um, I do think studios should be making more of a conscious effort to um, make sure their instructors are providing this necessary education. Um, I think more more studios should be employing strippers anyway um, to be teaching and instructing. But, you know, even if you have got um, civilians as pole dance instructors, which is absolutely fine, just make sure that they, you know, have their um morals and values in alignment with what the studio wants and supporting strippers and they're well on board with the roots and very well informed um and just you know just making sure that their students are aware of this but you know there are a lot of um instructors that don't necessarily belong to one studio or they teach online um so there's there's definitely a responsibility with the individual as well to be um putting this information out there and I think as well like you know um I think especially in cases where individual instructors may care about these issues but their studio isn't that bothered they should be really driving the change within their studio to 
um, you know, give a shit about all of this because <laughs> it's so damn important. Yeah. Um, I'd love to see a, a, a raise in standard in the industry with how this conversation develops, really. Um, I, I'm very fortunate that um, I travel about and teach my workshops. And in with that, I have a seminar that's called Why You Should Give a Fuck About Strippers. Yes. Um, yeah, <laughs> it's so, honestly, I love taking that seminar so much and I feel really grateful that there are studio owners that really care about this stuff but don't always know the best way to approach it and want help and advice and that's just the perfect space to be having really open and frank conversations about whatever they like because I know they're coming from a place of wanting to understand and wanting to improve and I wish more studios would take opportunities like that to really sit down, come to the table and um, not only hear us for what we have to say, but let their students hear it as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's definitely, it's just so important to have these conversations and to initiate this these conversations and have a discussion about it. Um, it's super important, especially like as you're mentioning earlier, that kind of ties in with your activism, like why you, sh why the shit should matter. And, you know, like it, it's really important to talk about it because a lot of times it's not being talked about. It's still not being addressed um, years later, decades later. So, <laughs> and there's I think, like a lot of allies get um, worried as well because they, they're like, I don't, some feel like they don't know enough or um like they really do want to help their hearts are in the right place but they don't always know how to go about that and I think I just want to say like that's totally okay and you can ask for help um and you don't have to know everything like yes I think just really you know in classes or in studios making your values aware like that you do support strippers and if students ask you a question that you don't know that's fine because you're going to find out someone that does know the answer to that and you know it's absolutely okay to not know everything and that we're all on this learning journey together I don't know everything about sex work and sex workers but it interests me and I care enough to educate myself when I find topics that you know, I'm not actually too clued up on. Yeah. No, I'm the same way too. Like I always come at it from like a learning perspective because like mm -hmm. I've been doing this show for like three plus years and I'm still learning. I don't know every corner of like the sex work industry. It's just so I vast. Know. And that's why I bring experts on that have this lived experience that have had like built a career out of it too. And like, I think that's also just me being responsible too, in terms of like, I, I know I don't know everything. So here's a person that can like tell it like it is, you know what I mean? So, I mean, going, going back to PDSM and going back to competition, because I really feel like we need to have that initial conversation <laughs> jumping around but yes tell us about this brand that you're doing you said you're kicking off with a stripper friendly competition that's run by strippers too so please please tell us uh, all the details so pdsm was born out of really a lot of the things that we've talked about and me wanting to provide that space for a, a union between 
strippers and civilian pole dancers and um, to really put strippers back into the centre of the pole dance narrative where we feel we're so erased and taken out of it quite a lot of the time. And I thought a competition was a really good place to start because I have personally experienced... um, uh, is discrimination the right word? Mm, in some aspects, in terms of like regular po- regular poll competitions or in reference yes, to Yes, regular. Uh, and it, even sometimes the sexy ones, I'm not going to lie. Yeah. Um, like I've had, I think I've had some pretty bad experiences in quite a lot of poll competitions here in the UK all round. Some from just a, a general competitor, things that should never happen in a competition um and then something's from a stripper aspect like why am i being penalized or not recognized for something that is at the heart of what this should be about um so you know i i think i got really frustrated as a competitor trying to decipher really vague mark schemes with very limited criteria and then when i go to compete like for example one competition um I I was in the intermediate category and I had a crescent moon in there I know you, you folk, we all have different names for, for shit does that move make sense to you yeah like going to a layback and then kind of arching your back yeah yeah that's fun yeah 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 so um <laughs> there was nothing in the criteria that would have um and I would say that's an intermediate move I would classify yeah. that as an intermediate move me too um, that, yeah, there was nothing in the criteria that would have suggested that that wasn't okay because it said cross knee release is allowed and um, also I think like three points of contact, but cross knee is allowed. So cross knee is allowed and then three points of contact, we're, we should be all good. No, got I got penalised for that because the judges had a separate list of illegal moves that competitors didn't have access to. That doesn't make any sense. That's the computing industry, especially here in the UK. It doesn't matter. Um, It's like, you know, I think there's so much bias when it comes to judging and every competition except mine and one other in the UK, as far as I'm aware, do not um, check their judges. Like, they don't, judges don't apply. Judges are chosen off of their previous accolades and their star status. Um, um, I'm like, what the fuck is up with that? You could be the best pole dancer in the world, but not know how to judge. Um, so my my competition um, not only puts judging judges through a rigorous application process, and we've selected people. Say we, it's me. It's me. People based on actually, you know what, you are a good judge. I don't care what your pole dancing is like, but you're you're a good judge and you're a stripper, so you have knowledge of the industry. Um, hiring those kinds of people and also hiring a moderator to try and mediate any other bias that may come up, and that is unique to PDSM. I've never seen a competition that does that, and I think that is so important. So yeah, I wanted to provide better criteria. Our criteria is so detailed. There's no um, gray area in that for interpretation. You know exactly what we're looking, the judges are looking for and the competition is looking for. Um, I've worked on this handbook 
with my judges who are all strippers, every single person um, I'm hiring for PDSM is a sex worker. And it feels so good to like finally have a platform where I can pay these people and empower these people and give strippers jobs. I'm just yeah. like, this is so good. Um, so it's really as well. Like I, I feel like the general vibe sometimes when you go to pole competitions, it, it sometimes I feel really alienated as a stripper <laughs> because we're either not talked about or we're talked about in a very performative way. Right. There's never any, you know, um, so sometimes, for example, competitions run raffles. Well, why aren't you donating to a sex worker charity? Yes. Um, keep on saying um, sex work is work, but do you actually really know what that means? And yeah. how are you showing that in your model of your competition because I don't see any way that you are promoting sex worker rights other than saying a throwaway phrase yeah yeah sometimes I just get a vibe when I've gone to competitions and I really don't feel comfortable as a stripper um and I don't know it's just it's just a weird one and like for example I've, I've competed in like stripper style categories but people on the judging panel aren't strippers, strippers yes oh my god and like how do you how are you qualified to judge what I am paid to do, do. and actually in in your feedback you've really missed my style entirely because you're saying you don't want me to be all slow and slinky but that's what my stripper style is so I'm uh, so yeah I'm just like coming here all aboard full speed ahead like you know this is the change that we want to see this is a space that celebrates strippers this is the space that puts strippers at the heart of everything mm-hmm. um it's actually a fair platform for both strippers and civilian pole dancers because there's a lot of competitions in the UK where if you're a stripper you have to enter pro I don't agree with that. Like, why? we don't even make money on stage. Why the fuck are you putting us into pro? Yeah. You could have been a baby stripper for a month and you have to enter pro against people that are paid to perform all over the world. Like, how is that fair? It doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. Um, so that's why in my competition, we've not got levels as such. Because mm-hmm. I think that's regardless of the stripper issue I think that is so hard to judge what level someone should be because Mm -hmm. okay you've been a pole dancer for a month but you've been a gymnast for 10 years Mm -hmm. so you can do shit that most of the other beginners can't so is that hey going to beginners or say you've been an instructor for 20 years but you've only taught beginners and that's really where your personal level is why do you have to enter instructor? Yeah. Um, I think that's a whole global thing, thing that needs to be sorted. So I've gone with a genre-based competition to totally mitigate nice. the level issue that we yeah. have. So, um, yeah, it's based on the style of stripper style that someone is performing. It doesn't matter um, how the, the difficulty that competitors are presenting um, it's just about you, your movement, 
and the the criteria really reflects the core of authentic stripper style and what that really means mm. um i'm really lacking in um a lot of the sexy competitions because even those that are potentially more geared towards being authentic it's not necessarily in a weighted mark scheme that makes sense um so like you know what's the most important part of stripper style stage presence yeah so, triply weighted in most of our mark schemes as it should be yeah um, you don't get that in most competitions here so no um, same here in america too like yeah. i mean judging in general is very subjective but then if yeah, people, nice. but then if people don't have any experience in that field i just question that and that's like a lot of people i feel like a lot of people nowadays especially with this past year with a lot of competitions coming back up um and you know i personally know a lot of strippers that have entered these uh, I want to say pole hobbyist spaces because I also f- have felt like isolated in some of these competitions as well. It's a really hard thing for me to be able to describe. Yeah. Because I know that my stripper friends feel the same if they have that intersectionality between stripping and pole dancing and they go to pole competitions. But trying to describe how I feel at a pole event to someone else as a stripper it's really hard for me to get across that feeling. So I'm glad that you kind of understand what I mean. <laughs> yeah, like, I don't know, like, maybe it is because, like, and, and I don't know, this is my own kind of description, and maybe it's a bit different than yours, but, like, with my friends that are, like, strippers only because they haven't had any formal, quote-unquote, pole training, and people are like, oh, what studio are you from? And blah, blah, blah. And like, I dance here and I've been dancing for this many years, blah, blah. Like, that is creating some kind of separation, in my opinion, and in my experience, too. So it's been interesting um, navigating through those spaces. Um, and I remember at like the kind of the end of my pole competition journey, which is like back in like 2019, 2020, before the pandemic. I was already kind of withdraw- starting to withdraw in terms of like, nah, I don't really want to participate in these competitions anymore. Um, I don't know if I resonate with some of the judging criteria, which I mean, judging criteria is always kind of like all over the place. But like as a person who's organizing this, like how, how do you do this? How do you what, – what are the criteria? Yeah, I mean, it shouldn't be all over the place. It shouldn't be vague. It should be really specific. And that's what I have done or we, my team, have done with our criteria. Like, you want to know what lines and form mean? Here's a a whole paragraph of what we exactly mean when we're talking about lines and form. You don't get that in most competitions. You don't get a detailed breakdown of what all of these things mean, whether that's for the competitor's sake, trying to decipher and play these mind games, which shouldn't be a thing anyway, or for the judges who are trying to judge fairly and know what the competition wants and expects from them. And it's just having that kind of three-way level of communication between organiser, judges and competitors, and we're all on the same wavelength. We know what's what. It's very clear in black and white what we are playing to the rules that we're playing to um and it hopefully you know it it prevents just miscommunication and you know well 
you know, what did the judge mean when they were saying this? Because that's not in the mark scheme at all. Or I didn't think I was going to be judged on that. Like when I've when I've um, done sexy competitions and I've been told by the organizer, it's not about tricks or tricks based. What was the feedback that I've got? Not enough tricks. <laughs> oh my God. I'm just like, I don't know what to do. I clarified with the organizer, but there's a breakdown in communication somewhere. Like, yeah. um, very, very frustrating. It, sh- it shouldn't happen. We're better than this. Mm-hmm. You no. Know, we're better than this and the industry is developing and it's only going to take people like me to say, come on. Yeah. Like, <laughs> let's go. This, this <laughs> vague shit is done. Let's, you know, up our standards a little bit um, to like, you know, make some real change here. Yeah. Well, I think it's important. So, so, so important what you're doing. And I'm so glad you're kind of pioneering this as well, just because I feel like, we're finally going to be able to have a space where we feel like we belong um, and it's really fostered and built on that inclusivity. So, so thank you for that, for like paving the way. Like I'm, I'm super stoked and I can't wait to kind of touch base with you in a couple of weeks after this is out just to see how it all went down and, and stuff and what the feedback was. Um, I didn't people get to be naked. What's that? People get to be naked. Oh, love, yes. Oh, my God. That's amazing. <laughs> well, that's really important. Very important. Oh, my gosh. I love that. Oh, my gosh. I wish we had something like that. Here. Fuck the whole phobia. Like, yeah. if your pasty falls off, who fucking cares? Let's get the nipples out. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. You know, and that's what stripper style is about, like showing your bits and how you present your bits and yeah. shit. So yeah, we get to get naked. I'm so excited. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Oh my gosh. Yeah, as mentioned, I like, can't wait to touch base with you. Yes. <laughs> Once the competition is done, I just, I think it's, what you're doing is awesome and is like a real thing that is going to make change. And I just hope that more people follow suit with this. Um, there are a couple like other, well, there's one other competition that I know of that's going to be in Canada, which I'm also, I'm actually a judge for that one. Yeah, script, script down. Yeah. I'm going to be a judge for that competition, which I'm stoked about. It's just so nice to see, you know, more stripper centric spaces coming about and, you know, strippers being like, no, we are here. We are loud and we are proud and poll people listen to us. And I love seeing, um, I just love seeing strippers take up space. It makes me happy. <laughs> the fucking best. And we need to take space too. So, I mean, the last bit of the kind of conversation I want to talk about too is kind of inspired by like a post that I saw on your Instagram too in terms of like why you actually wouldn't recommend stripping as a job to say civilian people. And I really resonated a lot with your post, especially as poll instructors. We often get this question all the time. And we were both born out of that same, like, cloth, you know? We came from there. So I would just love to hear, like, why you wouldn't recommend um, this line of work um, to the normal, quote-unquote normal, (laughs) civic person out there. (laughs) I'm 
I'm going to get my post up just so I don't miss anything because I feel like everything I said was really important. It was um, really important. And I totally <laughs> get it on so many points because um, we always get our students, especially I've had so many students ask me like, oh, how like I'm thinking about, you know, stripping and, and quitting my job and becoming a stripper. And- oh, my God. Oh my god! Yeah. Like, please just keep your job security for now before you fully commit, please. I know. Like, the economy. I'm like, oh my god. But yeah, please stop. <laughs> I'm like, you haven't quit yet, right? <laughs> yeah, please, please. Um, yeah, and like you, you get it so often. Like you know, females that come into the strip club and they're like, oh. I know. I want to do what you do. It's <laughs> like, no. Uh, no. Um, so, yeah. So, um, yeah. Why? Why wouldn't I recommend anybody um, for becoming a stripper? Like, for, you know, first of all, like, I do love what I do, and I think many of us in the industry, as frustrating and as hard and as awful as it can be, sometimes, like, I do love my job. Like you know when someone isn't being a dick and I've made money that night I love giving lap dances they're so much fun and they're wonderful but there there are many reasons why I wouldn't recommend um people to do it um so yeah I mean it's very very precarious work your income is never guaranteed you don't know if you're going to make really good money or you walk away with nothing or less than nothing. Or less than nothing. Yeah. You pay a house fee. And, you know, more often than not these days in this economy, those minus nights are happening more and more often. Um, and, like, even just making minimum wage is hard now. It's really hard. Um, and I think people look at things like strip talk. Yeah. I'm just like <laughs> I get some dancers may have that experience in some parts of the world maybe having that experience but that is mostly not real yeah. and it's glamorized yeah it's just not the truth for most of us and I think you know um I think people seeing that really get bought into the idea of easy money you know, um, ridiculous wealth at the tip of your fingers. Like, who, I mean, yeah. <laughs> who wouldn't want that? Like, if it was that easy to make money, hell yeah. But it, you know, it can be fast money, but it is never easy money. Yes, thank especially, you. especially in this economy, making that kind of money is very, very slim chance. <laughs> very far and few. <laughs> are in few indeed um I think the lifestyle that we have to lead is fucking toxic (laughs) (laughs) it's toxic as fuck um I you know it's to you know actually live and do this job it takes a very specific kind of person to be able to deal with what we deal with from things like the long nights and unsociable hours being a night owl is really, really hard. Like it's really depressing to never see daylight. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, you know, whenever 
it, it's really um, difficult to have any kind of relationship with anybody, whether that be partners, friends, family, because whenever they want to do something, whether it's the evenings, weekends, special days, that's where we make our money. Yeah. You know, it's, it's a very isolating job. Um, and it really, um, it really tests the relationships that you have in your life to make that work. Um, because we're often just on opposite spectrums from there. Yeah. Really hard. Um, the, the environment overwhel- um, overall is very overwhelming. It's changeable, volatile, and it's a highly pressurized environment. You have however many other dancers running around trying to do the same job as you with probably less customers than there are of you nowadays. Oh, yeah. Um, it, you know, it is such um, a, a such a pressured environment. And, you know, when it gets, like, really busy at my club, it's often with social drinkers. And that can be really overwhelming, distressing, not knowing how long to spend with a client before you move on to the next one and it it yeah it's a very very um overstimulating job and yeah you it's such a competitive environment that you're you're thrown into and you have to um be really resilient to be able to cope with that for sure yeah. not to mention like you're constantly surrounded by like alcohol and substances and stuff too like that can be a trigger for some people um or people that already you you maybe like you're drinking a lot like you might be drinking even more or expected to drink more too if you're selling those like champagne rooms or or just the drinks that people buy you so like that can be overwhelming a lot too and i always have to say no cuz i actually don't really drink when i work but like that's like another added layer to that equation. So. Yeah, there's like a lot of social pressure with drinking culture. Yeah. Um, and like, you know, alcohol generally does make things easier to cope with, whether that be you're in a really difficult dance with someone and having that bit of liquid courage allows you to maintain your patience a bit more. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it kind of dampens you to a point where you can have fun with people and you're not really bothered by anything else happening around you. And it's easier to sell dances under the influence. Um, so that's really difficult to be able to, to contend with. Um, most people that I work with drink heavily and I really understand it um I used to not drink at all at work I used to be teetotal at work um but I've been drinking more and more because I sell more yeah it's easier to deal with people and I'm really trying to keep that under check because I see what that does to my my colleagues my friends yeah Um, but it's yeah it's like it's not you know, I think um, some people wanting to enter the industry think that, oh, it's a night out that I get paid for. And <laughs> it's, <laughs> like, oh, yeah. it's okay. No. It's not. <laughs> it's not fun in any way like that. Um, yeah, it, you know, um, yeah, I think a lot of people, you know, would, would like to treat it like that. But no, it's, it's, a, it's a job. Um, but you've got all of the added pressures and um, conditions of 
what a night out could be but that just makes your job so much harder (laughs) (laughs) yeah Um, yeah and like um you know the clientele that we have to deal with are just Uh, usually the fucking worst oh absolutely they're rude they're they can be violent um they you know constantly push your boundaries with what you feel comfortable with um and can be verbally mentally physically abusive yes that's not fun no (laughs) it's very tiresome emotionally exhausting to deal with trying to protect your boundaries and your energy in this job is such a challenge um and I think I people people think I think a lot of um especially pole dancers that have tried a lap dancing class and hey sorry I've just had my mouth (laughs) hey isn't that isn't that oh lap dancing is really fun you don't dance for the kind of clientele that we dance for and aren't pushing you it's yeah it's not a nice experience sometimes to dance for the kinds of people that we dance with yeah Um, so you know fine if you want to dance for your boyfriend and your friends and they're going to respect you and that's a really fun dance but try dancing for you know um your you know someone that's really pushing you yeah in a situation you do not want to be in yeah um that's not fun <laughs> fun like almost constantly having to like push their hands away and trying to create trying to get creative in terms of like okay how can I like gently push this person's hands away and like prevent him from like trying to like put fingers in places I don't want him to be in and also, I want to keep selling and I want to make more money from this person because fuck China hustle more people that don't have money so exactly like how much do you want to put up with it leaves you in such a difficult position as someone trying to make money in a a more difficult economy than ever before yes Mm -hmm. yeah I think like what I'm really struggling at the minute with as well is um just like the pressure to be sexy all the time Mm -hmm. and like really trying to distinguish between who's Gemma as me as a real person that exists in the world and who is my stripper name's Rose who is Rose at her job and like the more because I've been working more and more we're coming up to festive season um I'm really struggling to like differentiate between these two characters and who I am and it it kind of like really fucks with you in like almost um, a depersonalization kind of way. And it, 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 I mean, I feel like this job exacerbates any mental health issues that you already have. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And if you don't have any coming into the job, you'll have some by the time you leave. <laughs> <laughs> so true, though. It's so true. Yeah, like, but, you know, I, like I have anxiety, I have depression, and you know, the, the job really feeds into um, into that, into that, and like you know, any demons that you already have, this job knocks up against that head first. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's just really hard to um, exist in. So yeah, the, the lifestyle is just who I I, can't, I couldn't recommend that job to anybody. Yeah, who, who wants to live? like that 
Um, I think, you know, um, I think people wanting to enter the industry just all about chasing the money. But even, but number one, that's not even really necessarily the reality. And number two, like, don't be blind to the rest of what's happening and what the job is. Um, it's a really, it's such a hard job. It is a hard job and it really is like hard work. And a lot of people who are curious about getting into the strip industry oftentimes forget about like the work element and the, and the amount of energy that you're putting into it. And it's it's it can be really, really challenging and not made for certain types of people. Um, you really have to be a great salesperson um, to do this kind of work if you really want to be quote unquote successful and rake it in. But like right now, it's like increasingly difficult to do that. I always like track my like how much I make per week when I'm booked, and like <laughs> it hasn't been super great lately. <laughs> you know, so it like that's just us being super transparent about it because like yeah, you have like problematic resources, and I'm using resources as a very loose term. Uh, <laughs> like yeah, strip talk and people really glamorizing what this world is. Um, so yeah, like just take it with a grain of salt. Um, I'm also the same way with like my own students too. I really like to like preface it before like have a checklist. Are you okay with this, 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 and this? And really being frank about them and ha- when I have these conversations with them because I just feel a lot of times they just really want to dance on stage and look pretty and stuff. And like how it is structured here in Canada where I specifically am in the West Coast, like we get paid to be on stage as features. But – there's not a ton of money in that either. Like all the money is in private dances and a lot of people just don't understand that. Um, so I just want to put that out there, which I've said before, but people are still asking. So here you go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's, it's important to like, I you know, I, I think I worry that when I have these conversations with people, they think I'm being um, like – gatekeepy or like stay away from what I do but I'm really just trying to kind of you know people people can make their own decisions and own minds up and they will do what they want to at the end of the day but like um, I'm just trying to give people the opportunity to understand what the job entails before they get into it and before they find out for themselves yeah and like I, I have um some of my colleagues now that um, were interested in stripping and have tried it or do it now. And even one of my, one of my really best friends that I work with now, and we had um, many extensive conversations about this and she's a very good student of mine in my classes. um, And, you know, I would talk to her about, you know, maybe why this job, isn't necessarily for you and she went about everything in like the best way possible like she didn't quit her day job entirely um you know we yeah no she she just went about it beautifully because I also a lot of kind of new strippers coming into the industry can act so disrespectfully in it oh my gosh oh my gosh it just (laughs) 
that that's exhausting in and of itself um but she did everything so beautifully and even all of the conversations that we have and her high levels of understanding and empathy she was like I could have never prepared myself even though you've told me you've told me everything um I could never prepare myself for how I felt in that situation Mm. um and She's like, I'm so glad I didn't quit my job. And I'm so glad, like, I have the privilege to kind of dip in and out as and when I want and need to. Um, Because she was considering sacking everything off and just doing stripping full time. And she's like, I'm so glad I didn't do that. Um, I I feel like most people wouldn't heed my caution in the same way but you learn you learn quickly you find out soon enough (laughs) (laughs) well it's true yeah I mean like it's a very different reality when you're actually living through it so it's not like I'm trying to tell people no don't do this um but I am really just trying to be as transparent as possible to give you like the real fucking deal and I don't know I'm protected a protective in that way a little bit two of my students um yeah because I feel like they have this whole facade of what the reality is and I'll like let them know exactly how it is and and what it isn't so I'm glad that we were able to have this conversation because <laughs> it's also so important. We get this all the time from students or just even civilians that listen to the show as well that are really interested in, and using this as a resource to, to kind of prep them for that. Um, so, yeah, we need to continue to have more conversations like this because there's so much fluff that's out there right now. <laughs> I think it's hot. It's like, it's really hard to have these conversations because I feel like people that aren't in support of the industry, I feel like this is kind of ammunition. Um, But I I find it really sad that we can't talk about our truth um, without people still supporting us and our rights and improvement in working conditions. You know, nothing's going to change if these facade illusions of stripping being a really glamorous industry if those persist we're never going to destigmatize sex work in the right way and we're, we're not going to get the changes that we so desperately need in our working environments um so i think you know having these conversations are so important to get the truth out there and destigmatizing it in a a very real way this is what it's like and we want our jobs, we need our jobs, we just need help making them better. So help us with that rather than, I feel like a lot of pole dancers can sometimes put stripping up on a pedestal for it being this all glamorous job. And the reason we are supporting it is because it's glamorous rather than it being the reason we are supporting it is because we are backing the workers. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I know exactly what you mean. Like sex work isn't, it's not, it's not only valid. Stripping isn't only valid if it's glamorous. Like sex work is valid regardless. What, whatever kind of sex work it is, whatever money you're making, it's valid regardless. It doesn't have to be the highest earning thing for, you know, people to support what we do. Totally. That's such a great point. And I'm so glad you said that because like not a lot of people share that view or have said that. Um, it often gets, yeah, 
curtain behind the whole glamorized aspect, but like, what is the real basis of this? You know, and this is why I continue to bring people like you onto the show every single week to to let us know, like, hey, there's there's more motivation for this, and and we really need to put our our rights and decrim at the forefront to hopefully. You know, one day, I mean, that is a goal um, to to make and create better working environments for us all. So, I mean, if people want to continue this conversation and want to reach out to you, though, where can they find you? Yes. So I'm on Instagram at Gemma Rose Pole. You have to type me all the way out because I am shadow Shadow banned. Yay. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I have my website at gemmarose.co.uk. If you're interested in my PDSN stuff, then you can go um, give us a follow over at PDSM UK. Um, and our website is, uh, I think it's pdsmuk. I'm going to check the. <laughs> the Just in case. It's <laughs> poledancestrippermovement.co.uk. You have to type the whole thing out. Um, and yeah, if you're interested in like learning pole dance with me, um, I mean, I, I travel everywhere. If anybody ever wants me anywhere in the world, I will go. Um, <laughs> If you want to learn with me online, um, I have a buy me a coffee with a whole array of class recordings that you can purchase and um, keep forever. So, yeah, that's where you can find me. Um, that's how you can support me as well. Um, so, yeah, I hope I hope to have um, conversations with uh, some of the listeners of this podcast. So, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. And all of those links, all of the handles, they will be available in the show notes below. If you haven't already clicked around while listening this, to this episode, please follow um, Gemma, help her out over there as well. If you are in the UK, and I know a lot of you listeners are in the UK, um, go take classes with her. I would love <laughs> I would love to go take a class with you one of these days when you're back in the America or when I'm out in the UK. So. I would love to come to Canada. Like, oh, I'd, I'd absolutely to come. Love to come over there. I'd, I'd love to maybe try and come for strip down. So yes. November <laughs> next year, or oh, November this year, actually. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Number three. But for everyone else listening at home, it's stripped by Sia. That is on all podcast platforms. If you are listening on Apple, I appreciate a five star review and an actual written review. If you have the time, if you like the show um also on spotify rate five stars if you'd like i mean rate however you feel is accurate i'm not going to dictate what rating i mean i like to manifest the five stars but (laughs) 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 and that really just helps like more people discover the show with visibility and whatnot so that would be super appreciated if you do want to support me in a financial way there's my patreon as mentioned earlier it's patreon.com slash stripped by sia with prices as low as four dollars us and if you want it's to be on the show, it's four dollars. Love and appreciation for this wonderful person. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. It's oh, not much. It's not much. 
And if you do want to become, if you do want to be a guest in the show, um, my new website is up. So strippedbysia.com. If you want to pitch yourself, do that. Um, I'll determine if you're a fit for the show. And if you want to reach out to me, have more feedback for me, good or bad, I read them all. It is strippedbysia on Twitter and Instagram. And new episodes every single Sunday. So I'll chat with everyone next week. Thanks a lot, Gemma. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me. <laughs> Thank you. Bye. Bye. You're listening to Stripped by Sia, hosted, produced, and edited by Steph Sia. Music by Ted D. Graphic design by Maria Bellandarama, and photography by Ian Dabrin.